folks, welcome to a brand new episode of Thanks for the Knowledge, Fanbyte's weekly news show rounding up the headlines in games and entertainment in one handy podcast. I'm your host, head of Fanbyte Media, John Warren. I hope everyone has had a wonderful week. I'm going to get you ready for the week ahead. I'm going to talk about some game releases, uh, new stuff coming to Xbox Live, maybe some deals even on the Nintendo Switch store. But first, we got to get to our top stories. And to do that, I sat down with our news editor, Imran Khan, to talk about that and so much more. My guest this week is our very own news editor, uh, who is has been playing a lot of cool games this past week, I've seen, and has written many good words on our website this week that you should definitely go check out at fanbyte.com. I'm very happy to have Imran Khan back on the show. Hi, Imran. Hello, John. Uh, how's it going? Uh, it is going well. You're right. I've been playing many games, and I didn't yeah. realize how many until I was like, oh, I've got other stuff to do, but I have like three embargoes to hit this week. Yeah, like it's kind of been a busy week. Like I don't think the the games release calendar is that busy for a while ahead of us, but like recently it's been nuts. So yeah, from um, February to now has been just like back to back bangers. Yeah, we we I've, I've been looking at games release calendars for for, you know, the better part of a year for the show. And we finally have a little bit of a break. But yeah, this past like two months has been ridiculous. Um, we, we I want to start I want to talk about one of the games you've been playing. It involves Lego, but I want to at least start by getting to breaking news, at least as of this morning uh, on Thursday, as we're recording this, uh, that Lego and Epic have entered into a partnership to basically build metaverse games, which is a loaded term at this point. And I want to unpack that a little bit, but that's kind of big, big news, right? Yeah, it does say that like uh People like companies that are not just grifters, like right. like your Facebooks are trying to get into this metaverse thing, maybe because they think it is like the next actual big interaction uh, right. vector, or maybe they think like, oh, this sounds real easy and a good way to make money. I don't know which one they're doing, but like Lego lends some legitimacy to the idea of this will be a future play space because yeah. it it the the big problem with Legos or like. Hmm, <laughs> I, if you go by the brand no, listen, Bible, I'm not, I listen, I'm not going to correct you. Some people <laughs> on the internet this morning were a little bit pedantic about whether to call them Lego bricks or Legos. Listen, when I was a child, I did not look at my mother and go, mama, can you get the Lego bricks out for me? <laughs> I never did that. So if you call them Legos, I'm not going to correct you. No, when you're a child, you have to add the TM because people you don't have know to add the actually, TM. Yeah. yeah. The big problem with Legos, as you know, as a kid and also as an adult, is that's expensive. They oh, are yeah. real world things that are expensive and yep. hard to find. Like we're going to talk about Lego Star Wars in a bit. One of the problems with Lego Star Wars, or not a problem, I guess, because all these codes are like very reusable. But right. like the original Lego Star Wars sets when this game was supposed to came out, come out, where they came with codes for unlockable characters that you cannot find anymore. Oh my god! Granted, these codes. Like once they go on the internet, they're usable for everybody. So that's not that big a deal. But it does mean that like there's a rarity to these things that like we experienced a lot in the mid to late 2010s, where like stuff like Amiibo, which is impossible to find, people were lining up at Toys R Us, and Lego has always kind of been like that. So yeah. the idea of like an infinitely replicatable play space for that thing honestly does sound like maybe that's a better idea than what we right. currently got going. Yeah. Yeah. And you're so right about Lego being expensive as a real world object. It's like, it's my dad's wealthy retiree hobby. 
like legitimately. <laughs> like he'll be like, yeah, I put together like the fucking Notre Dame today or whatever. And I'm like, okay. And I look up what that set costs. It's like $200. I'm like, holy shit. Like I, I used to, I used to play with Lego a lot. I used to put stuff together. It's been a few years since I've gotten a set, but yeah, it's, it's obscenely expensive at this point. But, um, uh, speaking of a game that you've, you've been playing Lego star Wars, the Skywalker saga, a game that feels like it has been in development for, uh, uh, eight years. I've really, we saw it back at E3 2019, um, yeah. in a, a fairly, uh, a fairly polished, closed door meeting for a game that looked pretty close to done. Uh, Rise of Skywalker had not come out yet. So we knew that there was still some work to be done. Uh, but finally it's out uh, and you've been playing it. How, how is it? Yeah, it was originally supposed to be a, Oh, I've forgotten the name of episode eight. Oh, the, it, the last Jedi. The, it was originally supposed to be a last Jedi game. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like it was like force awakens was the last Lego star Wars game before this. Yep. So like they have spent a lot of time polishing it because I'm not an expert on previous Lego games, but previous Lego games were like fairly linear level based things. Yeah. This one is more of an open world style thing. And if you do that for like literally every environment in star Wars across the years, it's massive. like, yeah, it's a lot of stuff. And just going through one trilogy takes, I want to say like a good six, seven hours. Wow. It, it's not a like short thing. They clearly put a lot of time and work and effort into this thing. And I guess like when you're, when you're the people who've been making Lego games for 15 years now, yeah. you go, what if we change things up a little bit and really went for it? And that's what they did this time. They really went for it in a way that I think works out really well. Cause I'm someone after rise of Skywalker, I was just very, very done with star Wars. Yeah. I remember like, because I, I went to see that movie at Lucasfilm, and I remember being oh, like, wow. I I can't talk about how much I don't like this movie <laughs> while I'm on this campus because I right. like people who made it are here. Uh-huh. And like I remember just when like Mandalorian came out and I watched that and I couldn't bring up the energy to watch Mandalorian season two, couldn't watch Boba Fett. Like no, I played Force uh no, what was Jedi something? Oh, Fallen Order? The Fallen Order, yes. Yeah, yeah, sure. I played that and enjoyed it, but it was like the, the Star Wars aspect of it does not do enough for me right. compared to like when I was a kid. But mm-hmm. I played this. I played Lego Star Wars. I'm like, oh, Star Wars is funny. Star yeah. Wars is silly and dumb and it's a hero sure. story and it's like a it's a somewhat a child story in places. And like that's totally fine. I think I understand now why adults in my life were not incensed about the phantom menace when i was a kid yeah 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 like they realized no this is just this is what star wars kind of is like i know why you don't think it's that but i like but now i get like oh i i want this degree of levity i want people who understand how silly and dumb this thing is and like love it just because of that and i think lego star wars does that really well. And it does that really well by combining it with what I can only describe as a devil may cry combat system. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Like there's, there's a lot of combos in this game, like mostly for lightsabers. If you were a gun wielding character, you, you actually have like a decent third person gun, like gameplay. Okay. To the point where like you, you do headshots it. Like, I don't know how this got passed like that. So you can (laughs) knock off heads off people. And like they put them back. Like it's Lego, so it's fine. I was like, "Wow, this is really dark for this game." Uh-huh. But it it is 
it is a decent third person like cover based system. You can actually create cover from nothing with with wow. Lego bricks, which I think is actually a really good That's system. That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, and like when you do get the you do get access to Obi Wan or whoever has a lightsaber, you get like air combos and you get so it has the how do I put it? it's the way Nero work in Devil May Cry Four, yeah. where he doesn't have a direct mash button system, but he has a hit hit pause hit kind of thing oh sure that's how that's how this game works it's actually really satisfying huh that's uh that's kind of surprising i mean these games have always been uh fun but i do think they they, you know it's like the the things that i've been seeing in gameplay videos like the combos you're seeing i mean like there was a, a big hilarious like speed run thing found this past week where you basically air juggle an npc to get over uh, like locked areas, right? So it's like you could do all these crazy air combos and stuff, which like is wild. I feel like that's new to this series. Yeah, that um, that video I saw. Funnily enough, that's when Qui Gon meets Anakin, and he oh, just that's like amazing. the scene. The scene immediately is like, "There's something special about this kid," and then he just juggles him <laughs> over to the next area. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think like. Uh, the the uh, we demand to be taken seriously of it all, uh, especially and, and and I like the Last Jedi a lot, but the Last Jedi and Rise of Sky, Skywalker were both very serious movies, and mm. um and yeah, like Lego Star Wars reminds me of when I was a kid and this stuff was just kind of fun and silly. Um, and it really wasn't until I think a lot of those kids became adults and got kind of been out of shape about things that, you know, we had to look at these, uh, these sci-fi stories as, uh, something that it wasn't, you know, we were looking at them like if they weren't children's stories and they mostly were. Um, and whenever I pick up one of these games, I'm kind of reminded of that. Like, um, I, I guess I would say like, have you, did you play, have you played through the last trilogy of stuff yet? I, I did original trilogy, then sequel trilogy. I'm not okay. touched prequel trilogy yet. Okay. So with the sequel trilogy, like how did you feel kind of going through that through this lens that I feel like Star Wars kind of lost? I it I think it does a good job of trying to do or it does it does its best of trying to go, hey, we know this is absurd. So we right. want to really like up the game on that. But like it it kind it doesn't make like the the deepest cuts of jokes like Kylo Ren's edgy. That's like, that's his thing. And I think like it's, it's fun to like poke fun at that. But also I would have liked maybe going like diving a little deeper into how stupid that is. Like, like, cause I do think the movies tried to show that a little bit, but backed away. And I, that's probably a little bit JJ Abrams fault of he's edgy, but everyone thinks he's a huge fucking dork. Right. And and I think like the game should have like emphasized that a bit, but yeah. also the fact that they, they don't let up on it makes it work better than it does in the movies where they do let up on it, where they do try to pick this like thing of, Oh no, it's not that he's just a dork. It's that him and Ray have this like important connection and all that. It's like, no, it's fine that he's just a dork. I think that, <laughs> that's, that probably actually makes him a better villain. Cause he has this like, if you want to do go in the deeper aspect of it, he does have this pathos that he's never going to be as cool as his grandfather. Yeah. And I think that's a thing that's like that you can express that through the absurdity of star Wars. Yes. Better than through the drama of it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, the, these games are known for, uh, collectibles and just a ton of stuff. Like it, does this game kind of feel like one of those that you could be playing for 
like a hundred hours if you wanted to. That's kind of what I've been hearing. Yeah, I think so. Like there's there's like a thousand like kyber crystal. Oh no, there's like sixteen hundred kyber crystals. Oh my like, god! It, so like, and they're they're collectibles you use to upgrade your stuff. Okay, and. It wasn't until I think midway through the original trilogy where I real like you have space sections now, and space sections are oh, open okay. world. So oh, I wow. wasn't until midway that I realized, oh, there's hidden collectibles in the space sections. So now I'm never gonna leave one unless I've wandered around for an hour looking for these things. So there's there's just so many like uh, even in the very beginning once. Once R2 and C3PO crash and like Luke is looking for them, they're just side quests just on the side of these things. And people are like, hey, it's a Tuscan Raider camp. And oh, wow. They make a joke about how it's it's not just men in there, it's women and children as well. <laughs> and like it, it I can go there. I I found a little cave off the side of the camp after I cleared the camp. Yeah. And like the cave had its own puzzles, like forced puzzles and all that stuff. Wow. It was there's a lot of stuff to do, and it doesn't seem like I've come close to scratching the surface of all of it because there are just so many other paths you can take. The, it doesn't want you to straight go, oh, we have access to the speeder now. Let's go to Moz Eisley. Yeah. It, it wants you to go, hey, we have access to the speeder now. I wonder what else is around here. Yeah. Uh, the game is so big, it makes the uh, stories that have been published about the crunch that was going on at that studio uh, seem a little dire. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Believable. it's like, yeah, very believable. Yeah, when, when I've seen kind of how big this game is that stuff becomes very believable and that's of course very sad um let's uh let's switch gears let's talk about uh one of the one of the more interesting stories that came out this week was uh the news that crystal Dyna dynamics is going to be uh moving to uh a new game in the tomb raider series um and they're also you know they're doing this work on the perfect dark game like which is mm. wild so they're really busy right now except with uh, with basically everything but the Avengers, it seems like. Yeah. Th so they have satellite studios to like, yeah, I think that they could pass Avengers work onto, but like considering where their roadmap is supposed to be, they're six months behind on it. And the last yeah. couple of updates have been not great. Uh, the last update, I believe actually just straight up broke the single player of the game to the point where they, their fix for it was restart and do this one thing. You'll lose all your progress, but <sighs> it could work after that. And it was not guaranteed. It's like it. They're not. It's clearly not their focus anymore. No. And that's that is a shame because that game maybe could have had its story. It could have had that revival thing. But yeah. I think, I think maybe somebody smartly realized this is not Final Fantasy fourteen or Realm Reborn. Like right. only one game has successfully a Realm Reborn, and that was a Realm Reborn. Right. If if it's not there, if people aren't interested in the games of the service aspect of it, then. They're not going to suddenly become interested. They yeah. they might quibble with the execution, but the on the fundamental concept, they're not going to go like, okay, now Avengers is the game that everyone should buy. So I think yeah. they realized it makes more sense to rent out some some work to Microsoft and then work on their own Tomb Raider thing afterwards. Because they've been not hinting at this, but they've been talking about it kind of relatively openly for Square Enix uh, for about a year where uh, Netflix calls it an anime. I'm not going to call it an anime, but the Tomb Raider <laughs> show that uh, they were working on, they announced last year. And they said at the time, they did like a nostalgic look back at the last 25 years of Tomb Raider. And they said at the time, yeah, what we're going to do soon is figure out how to merge the old Lara Croft stuff, like old as in younger Lara Croft with the right. uh, core design stuff, the older Lara Croft. And like try and tell new stories after those things. Yeah. 
while this game they have said this game is very early, I assume that's where their head is at. Of okay, the the Survivor trilogy, as they call it, is over, which was two very good games and a not great third game. <laughs> uh, but they they think they th- seemingly think that is done. So now they're probably going to make like a game with the the actual tomb as she is the Tomb Raider. Yeah, because they. Have you you've played those games, right, John? The uh, the Survivor trilogy. I I've played the first one. I've not played the second two. Okay, so at the end of every game, they basically go like, "Okay, she's Lara Croft now. She yeah, is the yeah, one yeah, you know." From yeah, those, yeah, like, yeah, I did know every, that. Yeah, yeah, every single time. So now they have to like they can't do that again. They have to actually <laughs> do thing. I mean, what if they what if they just kept doing it? What if they just kept for the next ten years? They're like, now this is Laura Croft. Um, I, I forget if it was the first game or the second game where she gets the two pistols at the end, and they're like, oh, okay, wow. now this is done. Yeah, and it's like, and then there's like a third game where she just doesn't have it. And I'm like, wait, why? That's so okay. weird. I, I won't believe it's true until I can go through the weird ropes course in my mansion's backyard and lock a butler into the walk-in freezer. <laughs> like that's. <laughs> Like I won't know it's I won't know it's real until that happens. Um, it's, it's only real when social media is spreading codes about whatever uh, nude, nudity. Nude, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Until we until we get b- b- terrible rumors about nude codes, <laughs> I think it's it's not going to happen. Um, the most surprising piece of news this week, at least for me, is uh, Remedy is going to remake Max Payne one and two, which is wild to me. Mm-hmm. Did you see this coming? Uh, no, it, it seems like a thing Remedy has wanted to do for a while. Cause like in control, they make references to Max Payne, not by name, they, they yeah. can't by name, but like they clearly miss it. Like in, uh, in Alan Wake, there's a, there's a scene where you go into, uh, Alan's apartment, I think. Yeah. And like you see Sam Lake on TV making the Max Payne face and they say, <laughs> make the face, make the face. And like, it's, it's clearly like dear to them, yeah. but since rock, it's a very complicated series of license handovers yes. that ended with rockstar making max Payne three and rockstar just kind of sitting on it for since that game released in 2012. Yeah. So sounds right. it's, it's been a long time and it, it makes sense now that remedy has not only a lot of investment money, but a lot of money from control. They, they got a lot of money from the Epic deal to make Alan Wake two. I'm sure Epic was able to probably like, be the middleman in some of this stuff to help them uh, negotiate a deal with Rockstar. But Rockstar is licensing out uh, Max Payne to Remedy to remake Max Payne 1 and 2 as a single standalone release with uh, being remade in the Northlight engine, which is the, they they call it a storytelling engine, but it's a, it's a game engine that <laughs> Quantum Break and Control were on, and presumably Alan Wake 2. Yeah, that's pretty exciting i i my memories of max Payne one and two were watching my friend ben play it and he was a fucking quick save quick load scummer in that (laughs) game um and i have bad memories of watching him play that but i did like max Payne three a lot and i would like to play these two games uh with the new engine i think that's going to be pretty exciting um yeah i wonder what it will take from max Payne three because three had a definite style to it yeah like it was it was more modern noir. It was more neo noir than yeah. Max Payne one and two were. So I wonder, like, are they remaking these games as they were, or are they like taking because Remedy knows style. Control was a very stylish game. Yes. Are they going to adhere to what those games were, or what Max Payne three was, or like it's an entirely different thing with their mo- more modern sensibilities? They were such games of the moment of that early two thousands like moment and. 
Um, it had such a specific design sensibility that like I don't recognize in Remedy anymore. So yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Like um, if you go back and look at reviews of Max Payne, the old Max Payne, Max Payne games, like every single one mentioned the Matrix because like right. that was what Bullet was on time. people's. That yeah. was it. Yeah. So like what does a Max Payne today do to like show itself or <laughs> differentiate itself from modern shooters? And I assume Remedy will find a way because Remedy is very good at that. But yeah. we'll see. Well, fortunately, Imran, a new Matrix movie just came out. So maybe they'll just point straight yeah. to that. Yeah. The um, new Matrix movie that is hot on everyone's mind. <laughs> it's hot right. on everyone's mind right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. This, this, this is good. Um, you're, we're also, you and I are both playing uh, the Chrono Cross remaster, uh, the Radical Dreamers edition. We're going to have a big show on 99 Potions, the RPG podcast that you and I host together uh, every mm-hmm. week. And you should definitely go listen to that, dear listener. Next week, we're definitely going to talk about uh, Chrono Cross a lot in depth. But uh, for folks that haven't played this game, uh, it because it came out 22 years ago, and maybe you're not even old enough to have played that game when it came out. Uh, in, in which case I hate you, but welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, dear listener to the show. Um, what what should people know about this game going into it? And maybe maybe something about Radical Dreamers. You wrote about both on the website, but but what would you tell folks that haven't played this game? So the main thing I would tell people who have not played Chrono Cross is that it's not a sequel to Chrono Trigger, really. It right. is its its own different thing. And like this is the thing I actually talked about with uh, Masato Kato when we did that interview last year. Yeah. Where he was like, I want to do something different and both games exist. It's weird. People th- keep trying to pit them against each other. But <laughs> Chrono Cross, I think, is I would liken that game, pun not intended, to like a dream. It is mm. a it is a like weird fever dream that you can remember all the details, but it doesn't make a lot of sense like what's happening until mm-hmm. you like th- until you think about it as dream logic of okay, the fact that it doesn't make sense is the part that's supposed to make sense. Right. And I I really I love Chrono Cross aesthetically. It is one of my favorite games. Period. That it like one of the things I even at the time that I found incredibly notable about that game, besides obviously the amazing soundtrack, was it is a game where every single village or town in the game is a seaside or port village. Right. And they all look entirely different and memorable. Yeah. Like I know I can tell you right now without even like having gone really that far into the remaster, what every single village in that game looks like and what the feel is. Yeah. And even though like in, in most JRPGs, they have the one water town. This one yep. has all water towns that are all amazing and look different. What I will say about the remaster is uh, aesthetically when Chrono Cross came out on the PS one, it had like a low frame rate uh, style yeah. for animations. They did not change that. Mm-mm. That is still in the game. Yeah. Uh, if you are looking for this thing to run at constant 60, oh, it no. does in that, like, when they're just idling, the game is clearly running at 68 frames per second, uh-huh. but the animations are not any more fluid than they used to be. No. So it it creates a very, very strange sense of dissonance. Yeah, there, it, there's a little bit of herky-jerkiness, especially when you get into battle, um, mm-hmm. and... Yeah, you're you're going to have to just kind of look past that. If it really bothers you, there are probably emulators that you can grab and boost some of that stuff, but like it it yeah, it's definitely noticeable. The animation stuff has not changed. So, yeah. That's that's one of those things. The the soundtrack is genuinely one of the best ever. Um yeah. and 
I I think this is the most confident JRPG of its cohort. I'll talk about that more uh, this coming week on 99 Potions. But like there's for a game this big, there, there's no wasted space. It feels like. Um, and I don't know. It's just a, it's a delight. So it's been really lovely to uh, play that and also have other folks on the site be playing it at the same time. Yeah, it's a lot more compact than I remember. Like, yeah, I remember thinking Viper Mansion was like thirty hours in, and like right three yeah. hours into the game, like, oh, we're going to okay, yeah. sure. Yeah, it feels so big. They 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 do kind of get to the point a lot of times in this game, which I really appreciate. Um, yeah, despite it being so long. Uh, all right, anything else on your mind, Imran? Uh, well, to circle back to the Unreal thing real quick. Yeah, the, like they that stream where they announced the Tomb Raider thing was actually the official launch of Unreal Engine Five. Yeah, and they did an interesting thing at the end where they showed like here's all the developers that are they did not say have licensed Unreal Five. They said are working on Unreal Engine Five games. Yeah, and that list included some interesting things like Eidos Montreal, mm. the developer behind Deus Ex, mm-hmm. uh, and also Guardians of the Galaxy, and like Hoyoverse who makes Genshin Impact. Mm-hmm. So like. There's, I, I don't think it meant to like give up King and Country here, but like it gives an interesting idea of like, oh, so these people must be working on new games at this point. Yeah. If they're working on Unreal Engine 5 stuff. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. So yeah, we, we should definitely keep an eye on that stuff because we haven't heard from Eidos Montreal in quite a while, it feels like. Yeah. So after Guardians, they just kind of, I, cause that game apparently did not sell very well at all, yeah, which, which is sucks. A, a damn shame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I was, I am glad it appears they're working on something. Cause like that fe- guardians felt like a square Enix takes them behind the tool shed to have a talk. Yeah. Moment. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Uh, all right. Imran, uh, once again, 99 potions every week as a show that we were both on. Well, of course we weren't on the one that just aired. That was a final <laughs> fantasy 14 episode, but for the most part we're on that show. And I, I like the confidence with, with Natalie just says like, okay, John and Imran aren't going to be on this one. Cause it's final fantasy. 14. I know. Like, all I right, mean, cool. I'm just, you know, she just, every week she's like, all right, I've just, I've decided that Imran and John won't be on this show. I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, that's fine, Natalie. Uh, but yeah, every week, uh, for the most part, Steven, Natalie, Imran and I talk about JRPGs, RPGs, everything in between. It's a really good time. Uh, it's really one of the only long form discussion podcasts we have on the network and, uh, it's a blast. Uh, Imran, uh, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Thank you again to Imran for stopping by talking to me about Lego talking to me about, Oh gosh. The, the, the wild Max Payne remakes. I mean, those are exciting. Um, pour one out for the Avengers, it feels like. But that's we're just going to have to get get past that together. Um, let's do some cleanup. A late breaking story as I sat down to record this segment. It's developing. If you go over to Bloomberg or many other outlets, including fanbyte.com, we probably have a story up with more details at this point. But as of this recording, Thursday morning, here's what I can tell you. Activision Blizzard is converting 1,100 QA workers from contract status to full-time employees. That means they'll get benefits. And they're boosting the pay to at least $20 an hour for those 1,100 employees. Uh, That is seen as a big win for the workers of Activision Blizzard who are trying to, uh, especially in the QA department, who are trying to uh, get a union recognized over at Raven Software ahead of the uh, completion of the acquisition by Microsoft. Now, that's great. I'm, I'm glad that some progress is being made. $20 an hour is not a lot, 
benefits are great. I'm glad that's happening. This is a step in the right direction, but it feels like maybe a half step. Please, if you run a developer or publisher, pay QA workers better than this. It is not good to just pay a QA worker $20 an hour. They do a lot of work. They are the unsung heroes of game development, and they deserve a bit more respect than I think they get, and they definitely deserve more pay than they get. Um, thanks to Jason Schreier, our guest last week over in Bloomberg, for reporting on this first. Uh, I'm sure he has details over on the website that we've cribbed and put in a piece up on fanbyte.com. Um, but yeah, there might be some extra detail that we know by the time you hear this that we didn't know when I recorded. Something we do have a bit more detail about is uh, Riot Games is lifting their mask and vaccination mandates as workers return to their L.A. headquarters. Uh, Waypoint has a bunch of details of this. You can go check out over on their website. We also have some details up on fanbyte.com. Uh, but uh, Riot Games Chief Security Officer Christopher Himes uh, messaged workers that operate out of the L.A. office on Slack explaining that the company is making these changes to the mask and vaccination mandates. Uh, people are being asked to return to the office. Uh, the push requires requires people to be in the office on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday with some flex remote available on Mondays and Fridays. Uh, a Riot spokesperson sent a, uh, a, note, a quote uh, over to Waypoint that said the following, uh, quote, early on in the pandemic, we committed to following the public health recommendations from state and local government entities. Recently, the state and local regulators have update, updated their COVID-19 recommendations including vaccination and mask mandate requirements, so Riot followed their lead. In accordance with LA County Health Orders, Riot strongly encourages but does not require all individuals to wear a face covering while on Riot's property. That said, we know that some rioters will feel more comfortable wearing masks and we want our campus to be a place where people feel safe to take whatever precautions best fit their needs. We are encouraging rioters to have open communication and to be em empathetic and accommodating towards those colleagues leagues who prefer masking up end quote. Okay. Um, the company has said, at least to Waypoint, that there, there's been a lot of enthusiasm from workers to return to the office. Uh, but they're they're taking and they are taking extra measures such as like deep cleaning protocols, air filtration, health assessment, uh, health assessments, giving in 95 masks to folks that ask for them. Uh, but we are also hearing that folks are not happy about the uh, the lifting of the mask and vaccination mandates, some threatening their jobs uh, to quit their jobs and to go elsewhere. Um, the uh, the riot spokesperson also said to Waypoint about those people who might leave, quote, we, while we hate to lose valuable team members, we're, we've always expected that some rioters would choose to leave because they wanted to work remotely on a permanent basis. One of those reasons we've been so transparent about our approach is to ensure that rioters are armed with all the information they need to make a career decision uh, that is right for them. Um, OK, that, sure, that makes sense. Fine, I guess. Uh, what doesn't make as much sense is lifting the uh, mask and vaccination mandates, especially when uh, things are still, I would say, a bit dicey when it comes to working in close quarters with folks. We just saw at GDC uh, that uh, a lot of people got uh, COVID because some folks decided to still show up to events knowing that they were sick, which was not great. Um, that's not the reason that, you know, big events will be canceled or shouldn't happen. But it does highlight the, uh, the risks inherent with gathering in closed quarters, even if a lot of folks are masking and 
vaccinated. So it's just kind of a, a, an interesting decision they've made. Uh, as of Thursday morning this week, uh, this past week, but they have not updated this mandate. It is still uh, going uh, going full speed ahead. And of course, if there are any changes to that mandate, uh, we will report on those accordingly over at fanbyte.com. Uh, Ubisoft is uh, reportedly not making uh, new content for Ghost Recon Breakpoint. That game's not going very well, so that doesn't, you know, that doesn't really surprise. Uh, but they're actually making another Ghost Recon game. It's codenamed Over. And uh, it's already been in development at Ubisoft's Paris studio for over a year. I think folks are a bit worried about this game because of its close association, at least with the franchise overall, a close association with Ubisoft's NFT initiative. Um, the public and employees within Ubisoft hate this initiative, but execs are basically ready to double down on NFTs in future games. Uh, we don't know if this new Ghost Recon game will involve a lot of NFT stuff, but Breakpoint was the testing ground for implementing NFTs and it did not go super well. Uh, but we know that that doesn't really mean a whole lot. Executive are still going to executive. Um, so we'll see what happens with this uh, with this new game in the series. Did someone say a new entry in a long-standing point-and-click adventure series? No? No one said that. Okay. Well, I'm going to bring it up anyway. Uh, one, of the, one of the biggest stories this past week is the revelation that a sequel to uh, Monkey Island, Return to Monkey Island, is being developed right now by Ron Gilbert, with the blessing of Disney and Lucasfilm uh, being published by Devolver Digital. This is huge news. If you like point-and-click adventure games, uh, Secret of Monkey Island and its sequel and the remasters of that are classics in the series, classics in the genre, uh, really set the table for a lot of major, major franchises and careers. Um, it, you, know, you don't have Tim Schafer without Monkey Island. You don't, you know, Ron Gilbert is great. He did Thimbleweed park which is one of those games that was uh not mess massively successful but very very well uh, received um critically and now there's a brand new monkey island game uh that ron gilbert is working on uh years ago he said that if he ever works on a new monkey island game he wanted to announce it on april fool's day on april 1st he did go to his blog and say, hey, I'm going to make a new Monkey Island game. And nobody seemed to notice, actually, until Devolver Digital released the teaser trailer for it a few days later. Uh, very, very, very funny. Uh, Guybrush Threepwood will be making his return in this game. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited. I'm, I I don't really love these games, to be honest, but they're such they're so delightful. I like watching people play them. Um, I think the, the puzzles are a little, little obtuse for me, but that's okay. I may have just not been, I mean, I may have just not been a smart kid. Let's be honest. I mean, if I got frustrated with puzzles, I would just stop. I didn't play Myst. I started to play Myst and I was like, what the fuck is this game? Why? Why would I, why would I mess with this stuff? I would simply leave the island. Anyway, um, so that's exciting though. Uh, it looks to be, uh, if the art style of the, of the, um, uh, the teaser trailer is any indication. Uh, it looks much more lush and stylized uh, than previous entries in the series. So that's a good thing. Um, I think that the biggest overhaul those games needed is probably visually at this point and uh, looks very cool. So can't wait to learn more about this game. I'm going to end this segment on a tantalizing piece of information uh, that was revealed uh, this week. 
Um, it's that Square Enix has filed a trademark for Tactics Ogre Reborn. Now, Tactics Ogre is a predecessor to Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, of course, the creator of Ogre Battle, Yasumi Matsuno, has uh, really been a big, big, big factor in creating the world of Ivalice, which is, of course, where Final Fantasy XII, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, Tactics Advance, uh, a bunch of games, uh, including uh, the excellent and underrated and underappreciated Vagrant story. Um, that's, that's this guy. Um, that tactics, tactics ogre is the predecessor to final fantasy tactics. It is a very interesting game. A lot of folks are very passionate about ogre battle and tactics ogre. And, uh, we can only speculate at this point, but a trademark has been filed in Japan and let's dream. Why not dream? Let us have it. Why not? Could just be a remake, could be just be a re-release, who knows, but it could be uh, something bigger on the horizon and we will have to wait and see what that is. Um, yeah, but that that's all the stories from this past week. Again, more details have probably dropped by the time you're hearing this about the Activision Blizzard QA stuff. Um, just a hunch. You should also check uh, Nicole Carpenter because she has a, a knack for beating Jason Schreier to the punch just by just by hair. <laughs> so check, check her, check Jason Schreier, check fanbite.com. We probably have some details up uh, by now. Uh, all right, let's get you uh, ready for next week. All right. Well, we got you caught up with what has happened this past week. Let's, let's look forward. Shall we? Let's look at the week ahead. Talk about the games that are coming out. I mentioned to Imran earlier that the, the game schedule uh, really kind of slows down for a while. Um, I mean, I'm looking all the way through through really June and there's there's just a few things that are coming out. I mean, I expect July, August, September to get a lot of stuff announced and fill this out. But like kind of slim pickings for Q2. That's pretty normal. But uh, just get ready. We're going to do some filler <laughs> could catch you up with some other stuff, but let's get through the games that are coming out this week. I want to start with 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. That is uh, a game that came out, uh, uh, I want to say almost a year and a half ago at this point. Uh, and it's divisive. It's a very divisive role-playing strategy game, uh, but it's coming to Nintendo Switch finally uh, on April 12th, so that's this week. Uh, if you want to check it out, we have a lot of different uh, views of that game. Uh, we've talked about it a few times, uh, even on this show, a very long time ago, before Imran even worked here, uh, we talked about this game. Uh, we also have a 99 Potions episode about it, so if you want to catch up with how we feel about that game uh, I encourage you to go listen to that episode. Uh, cat Cafe Manager comes to Switch and PC on April 14th. I mean, who doesn't want to manage a cat cafe? And this is a way to do it without having to take a Claritin. Uh, Nobody Saves the World is a game that is already out uh, on PC and now is out on PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4, at least as of April 14th. Excuse me. So don't jump, jump, don't jump the gun yet, but it's coming to PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 April 14th. This is a drink box game, uh, and I like this game uh, quite a bit. I have not really gone back to it after playing the first few hours of it. Uh, Merritt has played it and beaten it, liked it quite a bit. Uh, it's one of it's, it's, it's drink has got kind of a formula that they've perfected with combat 
and leveling and and it's very addictive it's very fun um and i think you should probably check it out if you haven't already road 96 is coming to playstation 5 playstation 4 xbox series x and s and xbox one um and it's already out i believe on switch and pc but it's coming to those consoles on april 14th um and star wars the force unleashed yeah the og is coming to Nintendo Switch on April 20th, so you should definitely check that out. Of course, that's beyond this week. I'm looking ahead even further because it's kind of dead. Let's let's just go through the rest of the month very quickly. We got Zombie Army 4, Dead War, okay. Vampire the Masquerade, Blood Hunt, okay. Uh, Dorfromatic, mm. Two big ones coming at the end of the month. We got the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, which is the definitive edition of this very, very strange and good game coming to PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X, S, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. That's on April 27th. And uh, Nintendo Switch Sports, the successor, spiritual successor to Wii Sports and Wii Sports Resort coming April 29th. I think not having Miis in this game is going to be a really big, big uh, uh, detriment um, to it. I think people are not going to have as much fun with it because they can't see their little me's jumping around. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I know Nikki is excited about this one, so we'll probably play it on stream or something. That's really it for, for this coming week of, of game releases, but uh, Xbox Game Pass fleshed out a little bit of what it's going to get this month in April. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, Cricket 22, MLB The Show 22, Chinatown Detective, wow, Defective Agency, Chinatown Detective Agency, Dragon Age 2, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, Star Wars Squad Squadrons, that's all going to be out by the time you're listening to this episode. Uh, Dragon Age 2, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, and Star Wars Squad Squadrons, that's all via EA Play, and that's cloud-based. Um, if you're if you're into MLB, uh, the show that's out right now on uh, Game Pass. We have some guides for that uh, up on fanbyte.com. I've been playing it for the past few days. It's pretty good. Uh, and if you if you want your baseball a little bit more wonky, um, you can play Cricket 22. It's right there. Um, on April 12th, we also have Life is Strange, True Colors. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that's making it to Xbox Game Pass so fast, but that's the value of Game Pass. So if you haven't checked that out, uh, you definitely can. Uh, Panzer Core 2 on PC Game Pass. And the the, the Dungeon of Nilbuk? I don't know how you say that. That's also on PC Game Pass April 12th. Uh, and on April 14th, we've got Lost in Random. That's also via EA Play. Uh, but instead of just being cloud, that's cloud console and PC. Um, so if you haven't played that interesting game yet, that's that's your opportunity to do it. Uh, F1 2019 will now be leaving, as will the uh, as will MLB The Show 21. That's last year's game. Long Dark Pathway and Rain on Your Parade. Yeah, so uh, Xbox Game Pass, uh, pretty good lineup this month, actually. I hear good things about Chinatown Detective Agency. I haven't played it yet. I'm still playing through Norco, which kind of throws me some of the same vibes, so I'll probably get to it at some point. Uh, those EA games are pretty good, though. Dragon Age 2 is underrated. Uh, it's definitely one of those games that got a bad rap when it came out because there were a lot of recycled assets, and the design was clearly rushed, but there's some really, really good stuff in that game, especially if you uh, liked Dragon Age inquisition i want to kind of catch up with how we got to that point um 
Merritt was nice enough to uh, throw together a list of deals from the Nintendo Switch store this past week. Uh, and a lot of these are going to be uh, through April or they'll end sometime in April. Uh, I'll just mention the ones that stood out to me. Uh, we have Moonlighter, the complete edition. That's uh, down to $579, down from $29. Uh, that is until April 16th. Uh, and that uh, that's a, a pretty cool deal. Uh, Valk uh, Valkyria Chronicles 4 Complete Edition is down from $50 to $20. That's until April 17th. Tales from the Borderlands is, uh, well, it's probably the best game in the series, and you just missed the deal on this one. So I hope you grabbed it. It was $15, bucks, down from $25. Womp womp. Uh, Persona 5 Strikers, which is uh, pretty cool pretty pretty close to it's like the closest thing you'll get to being able to play persona 5 on switch maybe ever it seems at this point um the deluxe edition is on sale from uh 70 to 35 so it's half off that's until april 17th uh and one of one of my favorite games to play just kind of when i'm doing when I'm bored, when I just need a little bit of downtime on Switch is Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. That is at $30 right now. It's down from $50, and that is also until April 17th. So we have a full list of deals for you um, to peruse over at fanbyte.com. Thank you to Merrick Kay for rounding all of those up. Uh, streaming, Moon Knight. Moon Knight's had two episodes. The third one's going to come out this week. I wanted to really like this show, but I I actually don't. I think it's not very good. I think it should have been a movie. Um, I think six episodes of the show is going to be way too much. Uh, lots been made about Oscar Isaac's acting choices and the choices that Ethan Hawke has made. They've both been given a lot of freedom to do what they want. The director has also been given a lot of freedom to do what they want. And that's awesome. That's amazing. That's so cool. Uh, but I think some of their choices have been a little off. It feels like nobody's having a lot of fun making this show. And it feels kind of cheaply made, to be honest. Um, so it just would have been nice to maybe just put this into a two-hour movie, give it the big budget feel. Most people don't know who the Moon Knight character is, so it's a little bit complicated to dig through. I think they thought they needed six episodes to dig through that, but they probably didn't. Anyway, you should check it out. Still see if you like it. I like the first episode a bit. I thought the second episode was pretty bad. Um, but Severance also ended this past week. I have not yet watched the final episode, but we uh, do have confirmation that season two of that show is coming. So that's good news for folks that like Severance. I think that show is pretty good. So please check that out. Uh, that's about it for this coming week. Not a ton of new games coming out. There's some good stuff for Game Pass. I bet Game Pass is going to get some nice stuff uh, as well as the PS Plus stuff in the summer uh, because I think, you know, it's like we've we've you know, we, we just don't have a lot coming out. So I bet they're going to have to fill uh, some space there to have some excitement in Q2 because Q2 looks a little bit slow, but we'll make it through it together. That's going to do it for this week's show. I want to thank my guest, Imran Khan, for stopping by. You can, of course, see Imran's excellent words over at fanbyte.com. You can find his Twitter at Imran, Z-O-M-G, Imran's. Oh, my God. 
That's for you, Natalie. Uh, thanks again uh, to Imran. Uh, if you like Imran's voice and you want to hear it talk about RPGs um, and you also like me, uh, we have a, a, a great podcast for you. It's called 99 Potions. Uh, it comes out every single Thursday and it's a long form discussion, usually about one big RPG a week, but sometimes we do a bunch of news and discussion bits. It's a really great show. We host it with Steven Strom and Natalie Flores. It is a wonderful time every single week. Uh, Paul, my wonderful producer, doesn't produce that one. Jordan Mallory produces that, but they both produce excellent podcasts over on our wonderful podcast network. And you can find all of those shows at fanbyte.com slash podcasts. Um, if you like uh, this show a lot, please, first of all, tell friends, uh, leave a review and a rating over at Apple Podcasts. That helps us out a lot. You also might like my Tuesday morning stream, Tuesday morning the show. It is over at twitch.tv slash fanbyte. It's a companion piece to the show. We usually tackle stuff early in the week. This week we talked about uh, Ron Gilbert's new Monkey Island game. And we played through a bit of Chrono Cross, which we also discussed with Imran briefly. Uh, so it's kind of a companion piece to this show. Gets you ready for what you can expect on this program every single week. Uh, and it's really a lovely time. So if you like to get your morning started with some chill discussion about games news and some video games, uh, then Tuesday morning the show is a great thing to check out. Uh, I can be found over on Twitter at Floppy Adult. Um, gosh, what else do we have going on? Our Twitter account is at FanByMedia. That's where we post just a bunch of stuff. We ship post and we also, you know, post all of our excellent uh, writing there. So, you know, you won't miss a thing. Uh, and finally, our di our Discord, fanbyte.casa. That is fanbyte.casa. It's a wonderful place to hang out. There's a channel in there just for food. There's a channel in there just for pets. There's a lot of cool discussions happening about each of our podcasts, which have their own channels. You can ask me questions in there about thanks for the knowledge, things you might want me to cover on the show. We're going to be doing a bit more of that in the coming months, uh, taking requests, doing a little bit more deep dives of stuff that's a little evergreen and investigative i'm excited to embark um, embark embark on that journey i'm also excited to embark whatever that means uh all right folks until next week you're welcome